I'm Dr. Gene Hansen. For more than 25 years, I've been answering your financial questions on Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. This is Money Talks, providing honest, straightforward answers to your financial questions. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, October 3rd, 2020. The economic health of this nation has been for essential economic freedom. The excessive decline Read. in the dollar is It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. This is Monito. Monito. Good morning. What a fan. Atlanta's longest-running, most-respected money show on radio, Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here today with none other than Paulding County's own <laughs> Jarrett McKenzie. Yes, sir. Jarrett. Glad to be back. Of, yes, Jarrett, Jarrett is a CFP certificate, always also a uh, CWS, is that right? Yes, sir. Certified Wealth Strategist. Nice. So you know you stuff the, about strategy. and got the, the whole gamut down there. Uh, how about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you, you are one of my favorite radio well, that's very talk show co-hosts. Very kind of you, He's Troy. one of his favorite Thank ones, you. too. <laughs> well, no, he is his favorite. There is no doubting that. <laughs> uh, I, I would never try to overtake him uh, as his own best fan. No, no. Uh, uh, the other voice you hear in the background is uh, uh, Justin Wagner. Justin uh, holds a designation that I'm not even going to try to remember. I know it has something to do with mutual funds, maybe. Accredited Justin. Investment Fiduciary? Bingo. Oh, AIF. Was, there we go. Just a bunch Accredited of words I put together. Couldn't remember. Fiduciary. AIF. All right. All right. Um, whole alphabet soup going over here today. Yeah, y'all are uh, y'all are impressive folks. <laughs> and then you have the Don't, CFA, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, I am a Among CFA other, kind of a big holder, deal. Mm-hmm. as well as a certified valuation analyst. They don't make me get all crazy with the certificate and all that <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, you, you don't have a glossary of no, uh, but they the CFA uh, institute will not allow an individual to use that as a noun. So, uh, mm. uh, chartered financial analyst charter holder yeah and if i'm not mistaken that's pretty much as high as you can go in our profession doesn't you can't well it depends on what you want to do if you want to be an analyst absolutely Mm -hmm. uh if you want to be a financial planner that's you know uh, there there is a financial planning uh portion especially level three to the cfa charter um but uh cfp is Pretty much what you're going to yeah. run into if you're out there looking for a investment banking yeah. gigs and analysts yeah. like what is yeah. in your department, yeah. right? Right. Yep. No doubt. All right. Well, uh, we've got a touch of fall in the air, and uh, with it, we also have in the past week a market that's higher. The S and P 500. Thought you were going to say football. Was up again. You know what? I, I, I always tell people I'm a broken record. If you ever ask me what the market's going to do in the next week. I'm almost always going to tell you. I couldn't imagine a time when I wouldn't tell you <laughs> that the market's going to be higher. And it's not just that I'm clairvoyant. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, Jared, I know, I know you find that hard to believe that I'm not clairvoyant. Right, I do. It, it really is more of just a, a lazy man's way of not having to forecast <laughs> anything because I know yeah. that... It's an easy question to answer yeah, for you. Yeah, two days out of three, the market is up. Mm-hmm. And that's just statistics, folks. That's good stuff. Uh, but uh, we, we were fortunate enough over the last five days to see the market rise almost 4%, 3.88. Anybody want to guess... The theme of the last decade, what sector is higher for the week? Oh, Gotta be tech. tech. Oh, it is yeah. tech. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the week, five, the month, the yeah. year. Five, exactly. Yeah. Almost said energy, five. but then, then I thought about <laughs> well, it. Yeah, yeah. Man, no, I think you would uh, have to bite your tongue hard <laughs> on the old energy. 5.7% higher in information technology. The only negative for the week is energy down 4.39%. Uh, strange mm-hmm. enough, we've seen uh, you know a continuation of the reports that uh, supply is still dwindling. You know they're pumping oil out of the ground, but it's not replacing the s- supply. And my, I would argue that uh, an oversupply we've had since about March or April, uh, when Saudi Arabia did their old thing and decided uh, they were going to teach somebody a lesson. Um, you know got out the razor and cut their own nose off. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't that about the way they do? Um, you know, so they, they oversupplied us in the market back in March. Uh, it's been kind of a struggle for most other um, energy companies and, and uh, participants in that industry uh, to overcome that. Because what happens when you have an oversupply in the market of a good, you wind up with a lower price. Yep. Uh, you have a lower price and lower demand because we've got a, a an outbreak of a virus globally, uh, and people are staying home instead of driving their cars around, flying in airplanes, driving their big truck, uh, <laughs> all the various things that folks do, and uh, fuel it with with uh, some derivative of crude oil. Um, you know, we haven't had that, so demand's been low. And uh, energy has suffered because of it. Now, we know that energy demand is coming back. Uh, The evidence of it is lower supplies, uh, supplies that are actually lower than they're even projected to be on a week-to-week basis. That's short-term. You would expect that the uh, professionals in that industry have a pretty good fix on it. So Mm -hmm. uh, when we're hearing... Uh, demand, you know, capacity utilization uh, among refineries and, you know, second quarter was somewhere around 70, 75 percent. These days, uh, it was expected third quarter we were going to run through with uh, maybe 80 to 85 percent. But I've even seen some numbers that might suggest a little higher. The only thing that really hasn't come back, and it hasn't come back in a great way yet, (laughs) uh, is air travel. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, uh, you know, traffic patterns locally uh, and statewide seem to be back to normal. I would say in most areas it's kind of the same, even uh, even in California where they still have reported uh, pretty wide widespread lockdowns or, uh, you know, not not uh, using uh, restaurants and certain other public facilities. uh, The traffic patterns are almost back to their abysmal normal. Really? Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, the state of Georgia came out not long ago. It's been probably a month and a half ago at this point and said that uh, traffic patterns were back. Uh, automobiles were back basically the same as they were prior to March, except, now I know, Justin, if only you could see it, uh, Except in Atlanta. I was about to say. I except mean, I got, in Atlanta. I got up here from <clears throat> from the perimeter in 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's still 
a fraction of the amount of the traffic on 285 and 75. No, right no ones, express yeah. lane? No express lane. Yeah. yeah. So you can you can drive from downtown Atlanta up here to Kennesaw, the uh, the mecca of finance in the state, right. and uh, you can do it in just moments. <laughs> where it right? all starts. That's right. Um, so, uh, you know, but the one thing that is interesting uh, with lower uh, air travel, cargo planes are still flying. And that's still a, a pretty big part. But uh, even those planes that are flying, we see more planes flying than are full. So the individual passenger traffic is maybe about 10%, or at least it was at the end of June, about 10% of what it was in February the same this year. And, and relative to last year's June, uh, you know, similar. But uh, there were probably, you know, 70% fewer planes flying so a lot of them are still shut down and not doing much but uh, well, you know as far as hard as it's been to watch the the energy sector from the portfolio standpoint oh yeah it's actually some bright spots you know i mean price at the pump still fairly low it's not costing nearly as much That's to true. fill up the cars as it, it once was but i think more importantly it's created some really nice opportunities for harvesting losses when after this rebound it seems like a lot of clients have wanted to take some gains because they, they got what they thought they lost back. Right, right. And so now they, they want to trim it back, particularly in tech that's just gotten really excessive, and it's it's helped to offset some of those gains. Uh, but even with regard to, I think, what we're going to talk about in our case study today, uh, it's providing some good opportunity, too, for Roth conversions, especially uh, when, when people's incomes are lower this year. Uh, there's been a lot more discussion about that. And, you know, to be able to get more shares of those energy companies that hopefully are just temporarily depressed in their price, into a tax-exempt account like a Roth, it's, it's, uh, there's actually a bright side to it as frustrating as it's been. Yeah, and, and I think that what you continue to see is, uh, you know, since March, we've seen oil, crude oil prices are still down just a little bit, maybe 3%. But if you look at what's happened to, uh, to the uh, businesses that are in that industry, Mm-hmm. 35, 36, almost 40% oh, yeah. in some cases. So uh, I think the the businesses have been uh, mistreated, in my opinion, within that industry uh, and within that sector. But uh, uh, I've, I'm really looking forward to the clarity that we'll see when they start reporting earnings, and that should happen by the end of October. You know, th- this has been one of those years where we can really ring the bell for active management, too. Yeah. You know, especially if you can have a client that's positive for the year, but we can make it look like on paper yeah, that they, they had a loss, and mm-hmm. we can... Yeah, money it's a win-win. Acceptable yeah. to the IRS and mm-hmm. definitely acceptable exactly. to a client yeah. who knows that uh, you know their their number after tax is still better, and yet they don't have to deal with uh, with some of the taxes. Well, even if you de- if you end the year down say one percent, but you were able to harvest a lot of losses that actually benefited you enough from a tax standpoint that that you know. When you net it out, maybe maybe you ended up in positive territory. One of the benefits so. of owning individual equities versus That's mutual right. funds. That is absolutely oh, yeah. right. Yeah, you Especially can't in do a taxable that. account. Right, mm-hmm. and you can't do that with an exchange-traded fund either. That's it's exactly right. one number, yep. just yep. one number. So, uh, all right, well, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we're going to have a dog of the week. And uh, as Jarrett's already teased, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some management situation to help you on your taxes in your investment strategies there you go so uh stick around we'll be right back
over the week this week. No, Jared, it wasn't me for the girly music that I played on the outro in our last segment. It, uh, it actually, this is technology and how it doesn't always get welcomed in uh, every spot. So, you know, I, I love TripAdvisor. If I'm going on a trip outside of my general uh, footprint and I uh, want to find a good restaurant, I'll flip over and look at some TripAdvisor. Seems like an individual who lives in Thailand, it's an American, uh, got a little bit cross with uh, a local hotel in Thailand. Uh, a Thai island hotel has uh, agreed to go into mediation over a charge against an individual who left a bad review on TripAdvisor. I don't know if you know this, but in Thailand, if you do that, the 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 uh, uh, foul um, response to services that you thought were foul can mm-hmm. be met with up to five years in jail. I thought you were going to say death. Five <laughs> years in jail. Yeah, no. <laughs> death. I mean, I've heard of cases of caning for <laughs> spitting on the sidewalk or chewing gum or things sure like that. This is Thailand. It's yeah. not Singapore, so... <laughs> Uh, but uh, kind of makes you have a new appreciation for the First Amendment, you know. Yeah, this individual yeah. actually had uh, had a, a, a kind of a run-in with the hotel management um, recently. Uh, the uh, Sea View Co Chang Hotel uh, filed a complaint in August after Mr. Barnes, and I'll find his name here in just a second. Uh, anyway, he he. Uh, Supposedly put a false and defamatory review on uh, TripAdvisor, according to the hotel, uh, over a row which uh, centered around a corkage fee. So I'm sure it's a bottle of wine, $16 bottle of wine, the fee, or the the bottle of wine, the fee for him taking it with him was $16. He had a problem with that. And uh, steep. Yeah, well, I mean, it is pretty steep. Um, so he he put a ugly remark on TripAdvisor. Next thing you know, he's charged, and uh, the penalty for what he's done is potentially five years. Well, they're going to go into some sort of a an agreement to uh, mediate it and see if they can come to a more reasonable conclusion. Would you believe that uh, that they actually had to get diplomats involved? Wow. To keep this man out of jail. <laughs> for leaving a bad review on TripAdvisor. I wonder what the Precisely. penalty is for bringing him up on the radio. Ooh. No, I mean, we're not in Thailand. <laughs> that makes me think yeah. twice about leaving a bad review our, our extradition <laughs> treaty, too. Jared, I don't know what they do in Paulding County, <laughs> but in Cobb, they don't do you like that. Oh, man. yes. Uh, the one thing I'll tell you is if, if you really just want to see something strange, uh, go on Google and type in Thai King uh t-shirt and you will find that the king of thailand uh just a a year and a half ago or so was in germany wearing this t-shirt that jared i think would go real good with the rest of your repertoire uh (laughs) it it actually was a midriff shirt so you could see his belly and he was walking around in germany like this they took some video and it was uh, posted on facebook the thai government actually was threatening to sue Facebook for defamation of their king's character as well, and uh, I don't know what the. <laughs> I mean, if it's if it's worth five years, if you complain about a sixteen dollar <laughs> bottling cork fee, 
Uh, wow. What do you think What's you can get if the, right. if the king, you make him fun of the king? Mm-hmm. Now that may be death. Yeah. And, I mean. Seem a bit more serious anyways. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, if you want to see something weird, check out wow. check out the dude. I mean, he oh. is. Uh, it's it's wow. a shirt that uh, I don't know. It does look like something you would wear. Yeah. I got a that few of those. Like, that looks like a shirt that a man that might. While he's pay out mowing the yeah. yard, doing something. You got to be yeah. comfortable. Of course. I mean, if you don't have comfort, that's right. I mean, what do you have? Yeah. So one uh, function? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will bet you one thing. I bet he would have appreciated my out music in the last segment. That's right. <laughs> Leading up to that it. That's the true. very. <laughs> at the very least. All right, guys. Enough foolishness. Let's talk about <clears throat> some serious issues uh, concerning a financial situation. Um, we uh, we have a situation here that we'd like to talk about. Alex, who is uh, 55, uh, has a grown son, uh, generally well diversified, but the 2020 market has significant uh, has a significant chunk of his portfolio in the basement. Yes, energy stocks, as we were talking recently, down nearly 30% year to date. I think it's actually worse than that at this point. Uh, staples uh, are holding down as well, around 18%. His financials are down 12% year-to-date. And uh, he's looking for a way that he might uh, change his, his, uh, the look of his portfolio so that it could benefit him with tax uh, issues in the future. Um, you know, he talks about that, and, and you might not think that it impacts you, but I'll tell you, it has been unbelievable what we've seen in those two you know, the, the growth versus value uh, type stocks lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've got uh, growth that's up mid-20%, even more. Uh, you know, we noted that earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at value stocks, uh, those that pay dividends and usually have a more reasonable price uh, valuation relative to their earnings and things like that that are down maybe 20%. So there's a, a, a huge divide between growth right. and value this year and we'll probably talk a little more about that as the show goes on but uh it's it's time you ought to check your portfolio and mm-hmm. jared i'm gonna leave you and uh justin to tell me just how it is well you know we can fix this or at least manage some taxes sure. in the future it's it's a good case because you know there's there's always a lot of frustration when you you log in, you see some losses, and then find out, oh, gosh, they're in my retirement account. It's not in a, an after-tax account that I can harvest losses in, which would be probably the first course of action we might take if we were looking sure. to do so. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of where that holding is and when you bought it. And that happens to be in a retirement account, like in Alex's case, uh, tax-deferred IRA, in fact. Then we might consider a Roth conversion in a time like this because you can't really get – much benefit from a tax standpoint by selling things at a loss in an IRA. As most people probably know, you don't pay tax until you pull money out of an IRA. So what then can we do to to use that or, or find some way that we can get an advantage from that? And, you know, one of the ways, which it is a taxable event, so there, there's, I guess you could say, some downside from that standpoint of by doing a Roth conversion, you're essentially moving money from your tax-deferred or IRA account into a Roth IRA. That right. is a taxable event. You pay ordinary income tax, whatever your your effective rate is, on however much you pull out of that account. Now, getting the money into the account does not necessarily have to be in the form of cash. You can you can do that in the form of securities, which is why you just transfer it in from one account to exactly. another. Exactly. <clears throat> and so that 
that money or those securities that you're moving into the Roth conversion, if they're in the form of securities and they're at a loss, well, then at a time like it is right now where the energy sector has, you know, been suppressed for quite a while and, and to a significant extent, then you can likely get more shares of that same company into the Roth, which means if it does rebound, which as we were saying earlier, you know, it seems to, to be poised for anyways, and it's anybody's guess when that'll happen. But, right. you know, if you do expect a large rebound or a lot of growth over time from that, then it's it's actually going to be to your advantage to convert those types of holdings so that you're able to get more than you would, say, if they were up 20 or 30%, you're going to have less shares of that same holding. And so, uh, you know, again, it is a taxable event, and to some degree, uh, you know, that, that may deter some folks from considering such a, a strategy. But, again, it is one of the, the very few ways that you can actually get some advantage from having losses uh, in a, a, a tax-deferred account like an IRA. You know, you could also argue that the individual rates may be as low as they're going to be, you know, yep. for the significant future. So if you're going to pay capital gains or income mm-hmm. tax on whatever you're pulling out. It could be a lot more in 10 yeah. years, so do it now. Uh, that yeah. is a fantastic you know. point. I can't tell you how many times. We don't know what's going to happen with the election, and right. that's what yeah. everyone's and, talking and, about. And even though we don't have that knowledge already, I keep telling people, with all the stimulus and everything that's happened this year, no way are they going down. No. They might stay where they are, hopefully, yeah, at the well, very that's, least. If you look, if Trump wins, that's what would mm-hmm. happen. Correct. Yeah. So, so we, you're no worse off. You wouldn't look back and say, I should have waited. Right. Because the, the chance of it going down is virtually none. The risk is to the upside. Exactly. So sure. so why not do it, especially in years where, or, or in a year like what we're in, where a lot of people have a lesser amount of income, you know, just because of, of everything that's going on. And it's probably going to be a more, because it's a taxable event, going to be more. Or especially if you find yourself, if you're a recent retiree and you've taken less income this year anyway, mm-hmm. right now is a great time exactly. to do that. Yeah. Yep. So, Jared, how often is it that you uh, wind up with clients who just have a traditional IRA and they start complaining that they're getting forced by the government to take <laughs> more out than they want to? Right. That's the other side of this is that will hopefully in the long run reduce the required minimum distributions that most people are now forced to take at age 72, starting at age 72. And that'll that'll help you control your tax situation a little better once you get down the road. Yeah, so, you know, planning for this, uh, the, the eventuality that you're going to have to pull the money out is, uh, I mean, you've got an opportunity here. Yeah. It'd be a great time. Take advantage. All right, you're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. nothing and everything all at once. I am one of those melodramatic fools, neurotic to the bone, no doubt about it. Sometimes I give myself the creeps. Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me. It all keeps setting up. I think I'm cracking up. Am I just paranoid? The forceful measures that we as a country are taking to control the spread of the virus have brought much of the economy to an abrupt halt. Many businesses have closed. People have been asked to stay home. Your money, your money is on the line. Is on the line. Money talks. Money talks. Is on the air. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jarrett McKenzie and Justin Wagner, we've been uh, going over a situation uh, that we've identified where, you know, the market has kind of diverged uh, while we are up overall. Uh, there's been 
a whole lot more benefit to owning technology stocks lately uh, than there have been benefits from owning uh, value type stocks. Um, you know, we've heralded over the last few months how uh, about five stocks have driven a whole lot, if not all of the action. Um, if you have financial questions, we'd love to hear from you. And the way you get in touch with us, you can call our question hotline at one 855 429-9166. The way it works, you'll get our uh, voicemail. Uh, Leave your message at the beep as well as your question. Make sure that's included. We'll play the question on the air and answer right behind it. Uh, If you prefer not to talk to our machine, you can call and uh, talk to a human being. The number there is 770-429-9166. And oh, by the way, that same number is the way you could get in touch with Either Justin, if you got uh, a 401k retirement account type, uh, the institutional type t- uh, questions, uh, Justin can always help you with those. Uh, again, 770-429-9166. That's the way you get in touch with Jarrett, who is a financial planner, deals with a lot of individuals, uh, some businesses. But, uh, you know, these guys have got lots of answers to just about any of your questions. Uh, and if you want to get your question on the air, call that same number and ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn. She'll uh, take your question down and get it to us to answer on the air. Uh, if you don't want to call at all, you can email us. Uh, the number there is Dr. Gene number. Listen to me. The address, <laughs> Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. Spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, or you can go to our website if you're more the do-it-yourself type. We've got lots of information downloaded on our website. Our marketing team at Hensler Financial does an awesome job. Uh, you can go in and read uh, about some of the responses our government has given us, um, ways that you can get help uh, from being bailed out from the pandemic, uh, regular financial planning questions, uh, maybe even a little bit of uh, financial analysis type things, business advice, lots and lots of information at Hensler.com, spelled again, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Guys, before the break, we were talking about um, this situation where energy is down, uh, tech is up, people might use this as an opportunity to uh, roll some of their money from their traditional IRA into a Roth IRA. the one thing that we brought up was the election and the fact that we don't know what's going to happen. I'll be the first to tell you, I don't know what's going to happen. When you look at the polls, they all seem to know exactly what's going to happen. You said you were clairvoyant. I told you I wasn't clairvoyant. Mm. I just said that statistics tell me. Well, part of it was. You just have to figure out which part. I've got to change my whole investment portfolio now. Yeah, well, two times, two days out of three, the market is up. That's what I was telling you earlier on in the show. Well, so. Yeah, so I'm I'm also clairvoyant in this point. Let me tell you what it is. Uh, No matter what the polls might say, 2016, night before the election, a, a website that I like to look at called Predict It. It's kind of a gambling website. I don't gamble. But I do go and see who is gambling and how much money they're putting on the winner. Uh, folks don't like to. Folks, folks might be tied to their politics, but they're also more tied to their money. Mm-hmm. So I assume that uh, you know we can we can go and look at this website and kind of get a feel for who people are. 
putting their yeah. money on to win the election. Uh, night before the election, 2016, 82% probability Hillary Clinton was going to win based on this website, predictit.com. Uh, what happened? She didn't win. Well, I can tell you this. 90 days before, three months before the election, if you had looked at the performance of the S&P 500, you would have seen by that point it was down almost 2.5%. The way this works, when the market is down, the party in power generally does not win. You go back 50 years, 80% of the time, that is correct. When the market's down during what period? Three months prior to the election. So, okay. so, so if you go back, power party in power loses power. Loses power if, if the market negative. is down. Right. If the market is up, the party in power generally tends to win. So what does that mean right now? I've been watching this closely and talk about it almost every show. Uh, I look back uh, since August 3rd, which would mark three months by the time we get there before the election. Uh, the market is up 2.7% according to the S&P. If you look at the Dow, it's up 4.55%. If you look at the NASDAQ, it is up 3.88%, which I don't care what the polls tell you. If you just want a pretty reliable forecasting measure, the market tells us that right now Trump has a pretty good chance of winning the election based on something that's pretty reliable. Now, if you would have talked to me Wednesday or Thursday of last week, I would have told you just the opposite. Uh, the market, would, it's the only time it's dipped negative uh, for those two days, Wednesday and Thursday of last week. And uh, now it has reverted back to positive. So I, I would still tell you anything can happen. But if you look at that, it can give you a little more solace in what well, we the obviously have, have an entire month left, too. where That is true. Well, one thing I will on. tell you, and I, I read it a little more closely, uh we had, obviously, a, a dumpster fire of a, uh, of a debate this past week, right? <clears throat> so that was Tuesday, Wednesday morning. I get up, and I see that futures are negative. I would think that that was a, that was a negative for Trump, right? The market finished up 0.83% on Wednesday. In my opinion, the market really didn't say that Obama, I mean, Biden, uh, or you know that Biden beat Trump in that right. in that debate from a market perspective. Uh, yes, right. when, I, I mean, I, you know, you could sit and listen to two people talk over of themselves course. all all the time. Right. It wasn't very entertaining. It wasn't very fun. But at the same time, I think that it's worth noting what the market, who's been right more often mm -hmm. than wrong, way more often than oh, wrong, yeah. said the day after the election. Uh, you know, <clears> that's not. Uh, there there might be somebody right now that has already beaten their radio into oblivion over my saying this. <laughs> but I'm just pointing out the facts, folks. Yep. It's, uh, you know, this is not my opinion. This yep. is what the market yeah. did the day after the debate. Historical trends. Yep. That's right. right. All right. So uh, one thing that, uh, that you did bring up uh, in our break, uh, Justin, and that was you don't have to wait uh, if, if you uh, have a 401K. Correct. To make a transition into some of those funds, uh, putting them into a Roth. Tell us what you were talking about. So there is actually a plan design feature that some plans currently utilize. Um, if your plan does not, you can always have the plan design amended to reflect this, but it's called an in-plan Roth conversion. So via an in-plan Roth conversion, if you have money in a 
pre-tax traditional 401k, you can convert that to a Roth 401k. All right. Now, A, the plan has to allow for it, and B, you have to be able to pay the taxes <laughs> that are owed on doing that. Still a taxable okay? event. It's still a taxable right. event. But, again, this is a really interesting feature that we haven't really had much traction with over the last five to ten years. But, again, when we talked about with where rates currently are, with what may happen with the election, it's piqued some people's interest on maybe wanting to go ahead and pay the taxes owed on some of their retirement assets. So, again, this is a plan design feature. Um, if you are in a company, if you work for a company that has a 401k, uh, ask your 401k advisor about that or ask your head of HR. They should be able to answer the question of whether the plan allows for it. And if it doesn't, it's something that can be amended within the plan to reflect that. So well, the Roth feature itself is still pretty new, I mean, relatively speaking, right? So yeah, right. within, within 401ks, within 401Ks counts, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it, within it's the not the most popular thing, but uh, there are more and more. gaining a lot of traction yeah. because people realize the limits in a Roth IRA, if mm-hmm. you're under 50 or 6,000, but hey, yeah. if you can save $19,500 this year in a Roth 401k, it's a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not so. only that, it also allows you to go ahead and pay some of the tax now Correct. so that you're not forced into that situation we talked about earlier exactly. where the right. government forces you to take a certain amount mm-hmm. after you're 72. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And pay uh, tax on that amount, yeah. whether you want to do that right. or not yeah. as well. And who wants to pay tax? <laughs> and who wants to have the government tell you Well, and that really is at, the, you want at the heart of all of this is having those Roth funds and tax-deferred funds and maybe even some after-tax funds, as we've talked about before. Right. You're not in that position of sure. being forced to do anything. You've got option and flexibility, like you said, Justin. That, that above all else, if it makes sense from a tax standpoint in terms of your, your and look, bracket. At, at the end of the day, we all have to pay taxes. Yeah. Okay? So the mm-hmm. whole goal of all this is paying taxes at the yeah. time that's most beneficial. Yeah. Optimize it. Yep. So. Uh, not only should you diversify the holdings within your account, Diversify the types of accounts you have. Exactly. Tax liability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. All right. We're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we will talk some more finance. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. Need to prepare. Need to prepare. Life can turn on a dime. Know where your dimes are. This is Money Talks. We're back. Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Justin Wagner and Jarrett McKenzie. We've been talking about a whole lot of really fun stuff if you're a finance geek. And if you have these situations that you need to deal with, uh, it should be fun for you as well. Um, if you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. Our question hotline number is one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. You'll uh, call that number, get a recording, leave your message, including your question. We'll play it on the air and answer right behind it. If you prefer to talk to a human, you can call 770-429-9166. Ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn. Uh, she'll take down your question and get it to us and uh, we can answer you there as well. Uh, if you prefer to email us, you can uh, email us at drgene@hensler.com, spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, or you can go to our website. We've got lots and lots of information. In fact, uh, if you don't remember anything else, you can get the information on how to contact us there. Uh, and that, again, is H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Um, guys, we... Uh, we 
have been talking a lot about financial situations. We've got a uh, an old listener. I'll say it like this: a listener who has been listening to us for a, a long, long time. Long time friend. There you yeah. go. How about that, Mr. Bill, Bill Murray, Murray himself? Yeah, he might not be listening anymore after I called him old. Sorry, Bill. Uh, he uh, he writes us: My core holdings are in S and P 500 index funds, but over the last five years. The Russell 1000 Growth Index has done significantly better than the S&P 500 Index. Uh, do you think that this trend will continue for the next five years? Within my IRA, I am considering selling some S&P 500 assets in order to buy Vanguard Russell 1000 Growth ETF, symbol V-O-N-G. Am I too late? Uh, what would be a good mix between S&P 500 and Russell 1000 Growth uh, if I just had to answer that one question with one word, am I too late? I would say yes. It's uh, probably not the best time to do that. We'll flesh that out a little bit. And the good mix, we'll get to that one as well. Yeah, I think uh, the, the earnings give you a clear answer there, right? I mean, yeah. when, you, when you got companies that are so, f- their stock price is so far beyond where their earnings are. You know, Apple's a great example of this in the past couple of years, at least before it started to correct after the split. Recently, I mean, it was up what almost eighty percent on the year. Did I think eighty eight, eighty nine percent last year? Yeah, eighty percent, eighty point eight. I think right. it is. Earnings, what one percent, maybe? Not quite that. Point yeah. six. So that I don't know much. Many other red flags that there would be, as far as that goes, because that is precisely what we were seeing in one is that the stock price of these companies was just going crazy, and their earnings wasn't keeping up. Yeah. And and while I don't think Apple's going anywhere, they're one of the most healthy, you know, financially well-positioned companies out there, I would say in large part, especially in tech, it is so far. Yeah, yeah. so Jared, to your point, the S&P 500 price-to-earnings ratio right now is around 26 times. So 26 wow. bucks for every dollar of earnings you're getting from the S&P as a portfolio. Mm-hmm. If you look at the growth index, and this is more specifically the, the uh, Vanguard that uh, Bill has talked about, uh, the PE currently 39.99. So basically $40 per dollar of earnings you're getting in a growth portfolio. If you look at value, which has been totally unloved for quite a while now, it's 20.68. So $20 or $40, which do you want to pay for a buck of earnings? Now, the reason that people would pay for that growth is because the earnings do tend to grow faster over time. But because you have paid such a premium, if you do see any volatility, and oh, by the way, election years tend to bring us a little more volatility than than non-election years, uh, I I would think that, uh, you know, the timing is not right now. my uh, advice is if you want to lean anyway, lean toward value. And the fact that you own the S&P 500 right now means that you're exposed to both. You've got some growth and you've got value. Uh, you know, it's they, they are usually, you know, you're, maybe half of the portfolio you own could be called growth and the other half value. It's probably not like that because there's some that they call blend. But really, if you buy an equal portion of growth and value, you've got a blend, right? Um, <clears throat> so it, my advice to you would be hold what you got, 
with new money or maybe with some of your um, some of your other assets. I don't know what your portfolio looks like, so it's hard for me to say exactly. But uh, you know, if you wanted to do anything, sell a portion of your S&P 500 and buy the Vanguard Value Fund, and that is uh, symbol here. I'll get it. V O N V. As in Victor. You know, it, as I tell a lot of 401k participants, retirement plan participants, other clients of ours, we have very concrete reasons why we want to buy or sell something. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we do all that research. We take the time to do that. And there's a difference between investing and, and gambling. Okay. Yep. And whether you want to buy Tesla or you want to buy Nikola, which we can use another perfect example of that, of how that hasn't worked out. Right. You know, there's there's a big difference between investing with actual concrete information we have and then investing with emotion. You want to be mm-hmm. very careful right. that you don't get emotional trying to chase something. Yeah. Because that's how you get bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just talked about valuation a little bit. Well, how do you get there? Uh, the growth index, Vanguard growth index is up 25.27% year to date. Vanguard value index is down 11.46% year to date. Uh, I know it's been working. It's been great for a momentum play, but the reality is you're actually throwing money into something that uh, that seems to be over, right. yeah, overvalued. Well, to, to his question about whether or not the trend's going to continue, specifically he's asking over the next five years, which is anyone's guess. I think in the long run, tech stands to do very well, especially with the, the rate at which technology's been improving. But right now, I, I would venture to say that in the next five years, that is somewhat of a long shot because how can it, if it is so, like you were just saying, overpriced, the yeah. earnings aren't keeping up, and it's going to have to correct before we can get even further down this road. So the, how quickly it can do that and then rebound appropriately? Because what's happened this year hasn't really been appropriate. There was some fall, you know, it corrected a little bit in March, but then it's just been on a rampage ever since and has become more and more over. Uh, overpriced, just like it was in 01. You know, there's no no justifiable reason for those companies back in the dot-com era to have been, from a stock price standpoint, what they were worth. At, at some point, the big money, the smart money, mm-hmm. it's going to make that transition right. to where things are undervalued. They know there's more value. I'd rather buy something that's down 12% than up 26% mm-hmm. any day of the week. Yeah. So now is when you take your profits, and like you said, Troy, put that money into value stuff because that has actually suffered throughout the year, whereas this other stuff's done really well. So yeah. so let's, instead of just measuring the two against each other, where, you know, value is at a P.E. of about 20 and growth is at a P.E. of about 40, let's just look at them at, against their long-term average. Value is 22% overvalued right now, so it's a little higher. It happens to, to do that when you do see, you know, valuations in one, the other one follows along a little bit. Mm-hmm. Valuation and growth right now is 61% higher than its long-term average. Going back to the dawn of my data, it's <laughs> not the dawn of time, obviously, yeah. but the dawn of my data, 61.19. Absolutely. A regression to the mean means that valuations are probably going to come back to to their to their uh, mean their point. long-term mean over mm-hmm. time and you know honestly what does that mean uh well it could it could happen in one of two ways the price to earnings ratio either the price goes down or earnings go up while the price stays flat mm-hmm. uh either way 
Uh, I, I have not been an advocate for a while because of valuation in those growth type names. Now, what does that mean? Uh, I have participated, but I haven't been market weight. So, you know, use it to, to uh, my, my comment for this purpose. I still recommend that you have growth stocks. I don't recommend that you are overweight growth stocks. <laughs> if your portfolio hasn't been rebalanced in the last six months, 12 months, whatever, you are probably overweight growth stocks. Yep. Guaranteed. And uh, that being the case, uh, more than anything, I would recommend that you rebalance. Uh, right now would be a good time to, uh, you know, Bill, I, my advice again is sell a little bit of your S&P 500, buy some value. Don't right now is a perfect time. I mean, you had all the volatility back in March and April. We've gotten back to our levels we were at before, maybe a little higher. Yep. We're getting ready to go into an election. Mm -hmm. As I'm telling everybody, if you have not looked at your portfolio this year, do it now. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's probably the best advice we can give <laughs> anybody about yeah. anything. These uh, chances don't come along very often. Yeah, exactly. exactly right. And when you have such a divergence between growth and value, tech and energy, your portfolio is probably out of whack. Oh, yeah. Rebalance. If not, give us a call. Hensler Financial. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Money Talks. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.